Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated to the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on the film. arrived at a new era of James Bond films. Roger Moore has left the role after 12 years and 7 films and went off to become a UNICEF ambassador. Meanwhile, back at MI6, Timothy Dalton takes over as Bond and brings the Fleming books back to the big screen. We start on Gibraltar and one of the very best pre-title sequences of the series. Land Rover and a stunt coordinator given an acting role by the insistent director are two ingredients that are added to this recipe for success. Paul Weston is the stunt coordinator and tells us more. Yes, um, uh, Living Daylights when we, we had Timothy for the first time and I met Timothy out there and <clears throat> we, we decided we had four minutes to make Timothy Dalton a new Bond. Um, and I could have tied him on the on the truck and he wouldn't have been able to move um, and we could have done lots of stuff that, you know, he couldn't have, we wouldn't have allowed him to do. But he's, I trusted him. But when I first met him, I thought, yeah, he's sensible. He, he can, he'll do ex- exactly what he's told, um, which he did. Um, and he had faith in me and I had uh, uh, faith in him that he would do exactly what I asked him to do. So when it came to um, the jumping on top of the uh, the Jeep, we had obviously doubles for that. But coming down the hill, all the close-ups we had to we had for him, uh, it was I put handholds on the top of the Jeep. The problem was is deciding what would be the safest for him. If he was tied into the Jeep and it turned over, uh, it's, it's, a, it's not good. Not good. <laughs> if he's not tied to it, uh, he, at least you know he, he's got a chance of, of coming off where he wants to come off. But uh, as he's going down there, I had a platform on the other side of the, the jeep that you couldn't see, uh, and I was on there. I was wired on, and every time his his leg came over too far, I'd whack it so <laughs> it, uh, he was nude. He was not. Uh, going to do too much of a, a, a dangerous stunt yeah. but he was able to move along the top do the, the cutting of the um, uh, the uh, canvas and then put his head in and then from then on we had a pair of legs and, and we we did a lot of uh, stuff with the stunt doubles 
but uh, yeah, he he was he showed great courage, yeah. and uh, he was he was very good, and he he showed he was Bond in yeah. the beginning. Uh, when he's coming down the hill, I, I had to have um, uh, Paul Heisman get knocked down by the by the jeep as he's going through the gate, and the Paul was the guy sh shooting at the uh, the barrier. Um, but that's difficult because if you've got a, a jeep, a high-fronted vehicle like that is to do a knockdown and hit the windscreen and bounce off. Mm. It's very, you can't do it. I mean, you'd have to leap up in the air. Yeah. So what I did was to, uh, I put a mini trampoline attached to the front of the Jeep. So we did the close-ups of going towards him, <clears throat> where he goes like that. And then I set, stood him on the front of the, the mini trampoline. And as we got down to the, the place, he bounced and then bounced off the mini trampoline, hit the windscreen and bounced off <laughs> on the side. So there's ways of, of doing these things that safely that still give you the, the excitement of, uh, of a knockdown. And Paul did a great job on that. So then when we're going down, um, I wanted people to be running in and out uh, across the front of the, the Jeep. And <clears throat> so you see me about four times. <laughs> we're hat on, not top on, top off in shorts. And <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, you see me leap over, over the wall at one time. I wasn't going to do it, I'm the stunt coordinator, so um, John Glenn said, you can play this part. I said, no, I, I'm, you know, he said, come on, you've got to play this part. So I, I got lumbered with the part. So <clears throat> Timothy comes down, hits me and, and knocks me to one side and jumps on the, the thing. Now I'm coming for my close-up. So now I've got all the stunt guys, all the crew standing around behind the camera going, and I've got to deliver my this wonderful line. Here, hold on, you're dead. I just about held it together. Paul mentioned there about stuntman Paul Heisman being knocked down by the Land Rover. What he didn't mention was on one of the takes, Paul comes off the Land Rover onto the ground and because he was traveling so quickly, disappeared through a hedge at the side of the road and down a ravine some 35 feet. Not the one they used in the final take, but certainly enough to knock the living daylights out of him. Incidentally, Timothy Dalton was doubled by Dominique Julien jumping onto the Land Rover, and Simon Crane then doubled him inside for the fight. Oh, and when Bond's leg gets set ablaze, that's Paul Weston too. It's not just a pretty face, you see. It's a breathtaking introduction to the new Bond, and the bench is set high for what's yet to come. Another wonderful action set piece in this film is where Bond and Kara find themselves in Afghanistan. Big action set piece and horsework too. Let's talk to a stunt performer who's not only involved in the sequence, but also is Marianne Darbo's main stunt double on the picture. This is Elaine Ford. Yes, and that was another dream come true. How lucky can one get um, when you've always had this dream of working in the desert? And here we are, living daylights, filming in Morocco. Yeah. What could be better? A lot of horsework, doubling for Mariam Darbo, of course. She did a lot of horsework. There's the Jeep driving. Were you were you driving the Jeep when Jason jumps on the bonnet? Yes, I was. That was you, was it? Right. <laughs> yes. And... Um, yeah, and, and, and so as he jumps on the bonnet and then she switches the wipers on, do you yes, remember? That's right. Um, 
and yes and then he eventually falls off and that leaves the character free to drive across and head towards the plane that Bond is in so that was good fun but obviously there were there was lots of sort of special effects and guns firing and and lots of sand everywhere so I I, I just had to focus on getting to the plane but it was um it was quite exhilarating, I must admit. Obviously, they would have filmed uh, uh, certain sections separately, but I mean, there, there were sections there. I'm guessing there were probably three or four cameras running at one time. Certain lovely moments like, like Roy Alon and Simon Crane naked in the shower section uh, when the bulldozer comes in and removes the shower oh cubicles fall over. Yes. The two of them running away, soapy, and they left it to the last minute as well. They didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't go early. They left it till the whole thing had collapsed before they left yeah. in the middle of shot. Absolutely, uh, but yeah. Uh, that was that was raw that... all over, I think. Um, so as far as uh, the doubling there on on um, on Living Daylights was concerned, of course that the, you did mention. I seem to remember that you couldn't drive into it, the, the plane itself. It was a furniture vehicle, wasn't it? Which was which was kind of redesigned to accommodate the the, the, the van going in, as as I seem the jeep going into the back of it. But did, you didn't yes. drive it in, is that right? No, that's right. So my job was to literally line up the car and drive just to the edge so that the wheels just went over the base of the ramp. Right. Um, and then the rest of it was done in the States a little bit later on. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, it would have been nice to have done the whole thing, but obviously there was a reason behind it. But that's, that's what I did is just to line it, just to line it up. You may also remember a horse fall in that sequence where Kara is thrown from her horse. That wasn't Elaine, that was stuntman Nick Gillard. Now, let's find out what else Paul Weston can tell us about the shoot in Wazazat. We had first and second units. So I had, um, I had 32 horses on one unit, 32 horses on the other unit. But they all, uh, because we were blending them, they had to be in the right position with the right help, uh, uh, turbans on and the right. They all looked, they had to look more or less the same. Or do you try to, to to keep it? So I had, yes, 64 uh, horses, uh, Moroccans and uh, and English stunt guys and, and Spanish uh, stunt guys. Um, but then you've got to coordinate uh, who's on what unit, who's doubling for what actor. Um, so yes, it was a tremendous um, uh, thing to put together logistically. And then to have the bulldozer come in and take the, the huts down. Yeah. And it was quite funny. I had um, uh, Roy Allen, who was a great stunt guy, and, um, and Simon. And Simon said to me, I, I wanted two guys to come out in the nude, run out of the bathhouse. I wanted uh, one of them to run out naked. So um, <clears throat> Simon said to me, get, get uh, Roy to do that. So I said, OK, that's fine, yeah. Roy, you're doing that. With Simon. <laughs> so, so I got the two of them running out of the uh, building and they left it to the last moment. You can see the actual building, the doorway distorts as they, as they come running out. One name who isn't credited but was part of the initial production was Vic Armstrong, as he explains here. That's right. We were, we were testing three different, I can't even think of the other two actors, but uh, we were testing actors for their fighting ability because they were. Right. They, love scenes and they in those days they used to do test shoots and uh, they'd love scenes etc and then i was involved coordinating and choreographing the uh the fight scenes and that's where 
I met Simon Crane. He and that Simon, Dougie Robinson, and somebody else on it. And I must say, you know, Simon turned out to be a really good fight guy. I don't, I'd never met him or worked with him before, and he was right. great. And I sort of recommended him to the to the Bond people and said what a good good hand he was. And he actually had a good career with them afterwards. Mm. But yeah, that was fun. And then you know that was done way way before the film was ever gone into production. And uh, I was off on some other show. And uh, in those days. Well, they always were very loyal, the uh, Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson and the Bond team, and they had people who were doing it before, so they carried on with them, you know? Cool, okay. For me, perhaps the greatest piece of action in the film is once again provided by Jake Lombard and B.J. Worth, hanging from the back of the transport plane, executing a fight. It's breathtaking. And even now, 34 years later, when that cargo net slides out of the back of the plane still find myself as excited as I was when I saw it for the first time. Here's BJ, Jake, and Jake Brake, who's one of the aerial team, to tell us more. It had the uh, heart palpitating a little bit for a while. We built a ripcord system in the net, and you had to hang on, get your feet and hands on both sides of it, and then we built it so the guy in the plane could pull the ripcord, and then you just sort of let go and open the net up. There was no computerization about that. They, they were up there doing it. So here you are. All these bags are hitting you like at 120 miles an hour and you have to still hang on. We're both on there and we're just slamming into each other and crashing around, flopping up close to the tail and back down. Probably one of the, the best things that have been done on the bonds, but for physical danger. BJ had to let go, he let go a few times by accident or to save himself because it was getting too weird. Fortunately, I had the hidden parachute and that's why we had it. Anytime that you cover up the parachute equipment, obviously the first problem is the parachute is on the inside of the wardrobe. It was the first time we've ever had to use one of the hidden parachutes for a safety mechanism. The wardrobe has to be fitted to the parachute equipment so that you can expose the parachute when you need to expose it and have it operate properly. One thing BJ and I often comment to each other is, boy, look at the rides we've gotten from James Bond movies. So, there we are. That's your lot for this week. More next week. And don't forget to subscribe and follow Behind the Stunts on all the social media platforms so you can be kept up to date on the world of action and stunts. Until next time, bye for now. Bye for now.